Dear Mr. Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. no matter how affectionately you refer to black athletes as brothers, we cannot and will not forget how you continuously abandon us, mm. tap dance and coon for the white masses yeah. whenever there's a major topic and we may need you to speak on our behalf. True. Kindly sit the fuck down. This is The Rojo Show. Episode 22. Deuce, deuce. October 1st. This is The Rojo Show. How's everybody doing? I am... um, I am all kinds of high right now. Just... Physical high um, Still high from last night I'll get into that a little bit later Shouts out to Party Girl Mom We're just going to get that going right now Because that's going to be an ongoing theme throughout the show But yeah man I was watching ESPN Earlier And I see this guy I see Stephen A. Smith on there As he always is You know talking loud And And And, and Giving a point of view that is very, it's, it's what it is, is it's fancy for no reason. It's fancy, but not saying anything, you know, it's a million dollar move and a $10 shot on my basketball playing, uh, or just basketball followers or anybody can get that analogy, but he, he uses these big, uh, audacious words to say very, uh, generic and general and run of the mill ideas. There's there's nothing. There's never a time where Stephen A. Smith uses all of that creative wordplay, and then you walk away from it saying, "Hmm, you know what? That was a good point." That's not his. That's not his objective. His objective isn't necessarily to make a point. His objective is to give an air of an intelligent black man. That is palatable for the masses, and that uh, and 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 I'll give Disney because Disney is who owns ESPN. I'll give them this much credit. They do try to make him, you know, like a down brother. You know what I'm saying. Meanwhile, the real revolutionary, the real revolutionary, the prophet. The black prophet of ESPN was Rob uh, Rob Thomas, Rob Connor. What the fuck was his name? <coughs> I think his name was Rob Thomas. The guy that uh, asked the real question about RG3. Is he a down brother or is he a cornball brother? Which is really, the chickens are really coming home to roost on that shit. Somebody needs to make a meme of that nigga sitting back talking about I told you so. But um, I started off with Stephen A. Smith just because we got a couple. Um, I definitely have a couple sports topics to talk about today. Um, and lady listeners, don't groan when I say that because they are they are topics that are one in particular is is very interesting on a lot of different levels. I'll start with the one that is close to my heart and that has the most funnies attached to it. And that is my man Derrick Rose breaking his face. And we actually got two Derrick Rose topics today because he is uh he's he's heavy in the news right now. And he's never been 
that he's he's not a talkative person, so it's weird that everybody is talking about him right now. But uh, first Bulls practice of the year, Derrick Rose elbowed in the face, broke his left orbital bone, which if you don't know what your orbital bone is, your orbital bone is basically everything. It's The orbital bone is actually a part of the skull. And it's what is around the eye. So if you if you if you touch your face like I'm doing right now, like a ridiculous person, you can feel the outline of like your eye socket, and like down to like where it connects at your nose and all of that type of shit. That is your orbital bone. Now everybody made a big deal out of it because. Derrick Rose gets hurt so gets hurt a lot. I'm pretty sure he's been hurt every season for the last five years. But orbital breaks in the NBA because a lot of people break them. Like Russell Westbrook just broke his last year. Not a big deal. Um. Rajon Rondo broke his orbital bone. Jason Terry broke his orbital bone. Uh, Matthew Dellavedova has broken his orbital bone. A bunch of players in the NBA have broke have, have have had this injury. So there's a lot of overreaction just because Derrick Rose has a history of injury. When I first put this story on Facebook, I said the same thing I'm saying now and the same thing that's going to happen. He'll return to practice in two weeks. He has surgery already and they'll fit him for a mask. One of those joints that Rip Hamilton had or that Kobe had the same mask that you get when you break your nose. He's going to get one of those and he'll be fine. So relax. Uh, a lot of reaction over nothing. Uh, side note, style note, I really hate his new haircut. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy! Jimmy! Jimmy Buckets should really feel like D-Rose just came and bit his style. And and Jimmy Butler is nobody to be biting style. All right, he's, he's pretty square by all accounts. I've met him a couple times. He's not the guy you want giving you tips on uh, on cool shit. But yeah, D-Rose. Should I just get into my second D-Rose topic now? I'll just get into my second D-Rose topic now. Yo, he was all clear of this rape shit. And he- hearing Derrick Rose talk in, in interviews does not make me comfortable with him talking or being interrogated by the police. I hate to say it, but if you see Minister Society, I see him in there fucking up the story like Kane. We came in there and we bought the beer at three three o'clock. It, it was three o'clock. It was three o'clock when you bought the beer. Yeah, it was it was three o'clock. It was three o'clock when I bought the beer, and then we left, and then it was so it was four o'clock when you bought the beer. No. No, 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 it was 4 o'clock, right, right, it was 4 o'clock when we bought the beer, and then we went back, and we got out, and then, but we didn't, we, we, we forgot, and then we went back, because I dropped it, and you know you fucked up, right, you know you fucked up, right, 
I don't want Derrick Rose. I don't want him in the interrogation room with my life on the line. And then just hearing this story, like me and E was, (laughs) it's funny. It's funny that me and E was just talking about this the other day. (laughs) We was just talking about this the other day. Look, man, I've, I've never, I have known of situations where there was like a group of guys and then there was a chick that they had all smashed or even occasionally like they just all would smash her, not necessarily together, but like it was, it was known, but not necessarily talked about that. They all fucked this one chick. I've heard of those situations. Never been a part of one of those situations. I've heard of those kind of situations. I have also heard of situations where these guys, I've heard of different levels of it, right? So, like, there's some dudes where it's, like, an unspoken thing, and there's some dudes that just don't, don't, don't care. So, like, they'll all be in the same place chilling and, like, all, like, smashing, like, one after another or in some cases all at the same time it at that point it really kind of depends on the level of slut and i say that respectfully cuz i don't want the, the this isn't my term this isn't my term but i've heard them referred to as feminazis which we don't talk about here on the rojo show because we love the jews we love the jews So I don't want to get it twisted. That's not my term. But I've heard, I don't want the feminazis to jump on me. But it depends on the level of slut in the girl. How comfortable she is. How how lucrative she's trying to get. Maybe she, for some reason, if it's her and three guys, if she feels more comfortable fucking them, fucking them one at a time in a side room, even though at all times it's two of them out there talking about what's about to happen. If she feels better with it happening behind those doors, that's fine. And that is her right as a woman, as a strong, independent woman. It is her choice to make that decision. That is fine for her. She can have that choice. But if she feels liberated enough to open that door and walk out there into that ro- into that living room and suck all three of those cocks at the same time because she's a strong woman, then let her do it. Let her do it. Right, feminazis? That's not my term because here at the Rojo Show, we love the Jews. But I'm just saying. If she is independent and strong enough and wants to do that, then you go and you do that. You suck those cocks. Put those dicks all in your mouth. But then you can't, but I've, I've, and again, I've never been a part of one of those circles. I've just heard about them. I know they exist. (coughs) Some girls are down. Look, tell your homie he can hit too. We could all get down because we just chilling and we over here having a party and I didn't bring a bottle, but I do have some pussy. So we could put that on the table right next to the chips 
and it could be an appetizer for everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Listen, apparently this is what the situation was with D. Rose and his homies. Um, it was a little, it was a little, it was a little slimy around that was giving it up to all of them, which is weird to me. Like at, at that, at that level, why wouldn't you just have like two or three for everybody? Why are y'all still with this? Like with this, like recession attitude, like we all got to share one bitch. Like y'all still in Englewood. Like y'all, y'all was sharing one bitch in the Trump tower, my nigga. <laughs> my nigga Wait a second Wait a second Oh my god Oh my god Wait a second My nigga Y'all are sharing one girl One runner Okay One woman of ill repute And again I am not slut shaming I'm just saying Cause she had Listen She had to be raw Okay She had to be a bad mother to be locking down all three of Derrick Rose, who is from Chicago, who is a multi-hundred millionaire in the city that he was from. And even if he's not, wherever he is, top floor of the Trump and all of y'all is hitting one chick. I have to see this girl. I have to see her. I got to see her. She's somewhere rocking a whole lot of Adidas. She probably been in there with a pro mat. Listen. Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought about that angle. Let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. Oh, I heard. Yep. Uh, Nope. Mina. I've never done it. Yep. That's right. I've known yet the level of slut. That's all about them. No slut shaming. Uh, um, yeah, she. They said she was reimbursed. She was mad because she wasn't reimbursed for a sex toy. What was they doing with a sex toy? Three. Listen, listen. And then the sex toy takes up another hole. So it's three dicks and a sex toy with one chick. In the top of the Trump Towers. Oh, my God. What is... Are you serious right now? Why? Why isn't he going and picking up five of them and just like... It should be two for each one of them. Are you serious? You want to talk... Listen, he could probably run down the hallway and knock on the door and find... It's probably... How many floors is the Trump Tower? Trump Tower. Yeah, Trump Tower, Chicago. Excuse me, I just burped on the side of the microphone. Um, hold on. How many floors? The Trump Tower, Chicago. Ninety-eight. Listen. You telling me 98 floors of the Trump Tower, it wasn't no sevens or up or on uh, another scale, like some 20, 20, 24, 25s and up on 98 floors that wouldn't want to come to y'all and get down? Are you so serious? 
or what were they doing? And why did they have to reimburse her for this sex toy? Was there shit on this sex toy? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You might have just gone too far. I'm just saying, why would you have to reimburse her for it? I'm just saying, you can't say that about D-Rose and his crew. You can't be insinuating that one of them wanted that sex toy up the ass. That's not what I said. I just said it might have been shit on it. How did the shit get on it? How did the shit get on it, Jared? How did the shit get on it? You're not saying shit got on it. I'm just saying, why would they need to reimburse her? Why would you even need one? I don't know. Too many questions. Too many answers. I don't know what you want me to say. I'm just saying, she said, they say she got mad. D Rose apparently said she got mad because she wasn't reimbursed for a sex toy. And all I want to know is how was the sex toy destroyed? How was it totaled? And now she wants to report the claim to her insurance company. She's looking for the little folded up paper that came in the box to see how long the warranty lasts. D-Rose, my nigga. Broken face. Totaled sex toy. Because y'all sharing one chick between three dudes in the city where you from on the 98th floor of the Trump goddamn towers. I'm so disappointed. I I am so pissed that I thought about that aspect of it. (sighs) How much time is that? On these D-Rose topics. Where are my glasses? I can't even believe that. On the 98th floor of the Trump Tower. Where pussy lives. I'm sure some pussy lives on those 98 floors. And they're sharing one chick. How cool. How cool. I gotta see this chick. I have to see the alleged um, rapey. She's got to be so serious. She's got to have like, she's, she's got to have flame V. She's got to have some awesome a, I guess. I don't even know how you measure awesome a, but whatever. She's got to have some serious mouth and she's got to have some really soft hands too, I guess. Maybe some pretty feet. That <laughs> take that last part out. Edit that last part out. Just go back and, and some soft hands. <laughs> some really soft hands. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'd really, I would really like to run into this chick as sharks. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, moving on. Um, Realest shit ever. If you have time, if you're looking for something to binge watch on YouTube before they allegedly uh, start charging $10 or $9.99 a month before they go subscription-based like... Spotify or fucking Netflix or Hulu or that shit. You need to check out this show called That Guy. That Guy. That Guy. That shit. Listen, this is a show 
based on basically three friends, African-American friends in L.A. And uh, one of them, the main, I would say, the, is, is he the main I guess Judah is the main character. Side note, this show, this show really has brought the name Judah to my attention as a J name. Um, that I could possibly name my son, but that's a side note. At any rate, Judah, big dude with a huge beard and a son. Um, he lives with his homeboy, Mike and Judah's got a shorty and a baby mama. So that's, uh, that's a story and he's dating. And then Mike, Mike has a girlfriend that was kind of in the group. And they broke up and he's dating, but kind of, you know, doing that backsliding shit. You know how, you know how this shit be when you be breaking up with somebody you was with for a long time and they be kind of attached to the crew and you be trying to go and do other shit, but y'all be texting at night talking about how shit used to be. And then eventually she be like, well, won't you come over and hold me? And then you come over and hold her and you be behind her and then your shit get hard. So then you try to press it up in her back and then she arch her back and get, you know how to shit, you know how that shit can go from zero to a hundred. And I'm not going to finish the end. So it doesn't count as a Drake quote. Anyway, so that's that. And then they got a female friend in the crew named Dion. And Dion used to mess with a dude in the crew and he's got stuff going on in his life and might be about to get married and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm telling you, everybody I told about this show, including, and I'll, I'll include myself as being a person that was told about the show because Monica texted me one day and was like, yo, have you heard of this show called That Guy? And I was like, nah, I never heard of that shit. And then she was like, you should check it out because you remind me of this dude, this dude on the show, the guy on the show being Judah, because we funny, real ass niggas. At any rate, I checked it out. I was immediately hooked. Okay. If you were wondering why the last podcast was late, it's because I was watching that guy. So now on the next podcast, after I've watched the entire series, there's there are three seasons of it. The third season and the season finale to the second season, you have to get on the subscription uh, thing, uh, Black and Sexy TV. I'm, I'm doing a lot of plugs for them. If I ever meet them or if they ever hear this, they need to hit me up and highlight a nigga. But at any rate, um, the show is phenomenal. Okay. Shouts out to Monica. She hit me up. I dig it. Told E about it. He dig it. Sheezy digs it. Um, who else have I told about it? I don't know. I need to. T- I'm telling y'all about it. So please hit me up at um, the Rojo Show at gmail.com or at Rojo on um, Twitter or the Rojo Show Facebook page. Let me know what you think about that guy. Um, I'm gonna hit hit up. Black and Sexy TV or hit up any of them on their Twitter stuff. If you start watching it and then you start seeing their Twitter shit, hit them up. Let them know that you heard it from the Rojo show and uh, get at me. But yeah, that shit is hilarious. It's the funniest. Yo, like for real. Like Sheezy was watching it and started crying at one point. Me and this nigga E was on the phone talking about it for an hour. They have a movie 
after the, after the second season, there's a movie that's like an hour and a half and gets you tied in for the third season. And this shit is just it's 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 kind of shot on a camcorder, like from a camcorder point of view. But then they switch into a like a tripod or like still shots afterwards, you know, like once they get the shot established, they'll switch it. Um, You got to pay attention to it. But, yo, that guy is that shit. So check that out if you got some time to binge watch some shit. I need to make sure I watch it. Uh, I don't let my subscription thing go into where I have to pay. <laughs> I might pay for like one month and then cancel just to kind of show support. But um, yeah, check that shit out if you got some time. <clears throat> Next. So I'm back in the gym. I was back in the gym. I, was, I, w- I went yesterday. And did back and buys. And went today and did chest and tries and buys and some ab stuff. A little cardio. But it's all about the eating. It's all about the kitchen. And I have the, my issue is I have a serious I have a serious sweet tooth. Have I talked about my sweet tooth on the Rojo show before? I have a sweet tooth. Woo! Man. My 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 weapon of choice is generally a spork. I like um, cheesecake. Sporks are awesome for cheesecake because you hopefully have to break through some kind of crust. Um, I will allow you to get creative with crust. I would like, and this is just coming to me now because in addition to my vast experience with uh cheesecake assortment platters and whatnot i am a cookie connoisseur okay i can i can i can appreciate cookie in all forms and that is from almost burnt to slightly unthawed dough but i do enjoy the cookie down to the crumb I have been known to save cookie crumbs until I get ice cream to put them on ice cream. Please hold your laughter. But I would love a cheesecake on some sort of cookie crust. Mmm. Mmm. Right? Isn't that nice? Think about that. Mmm. Like... You know, plain ice, you know, plain New York style ice cream, uh, cheesecake on like a, you know, uh, let's just keep it simple and say a, a, a chocolate chip crust. Hey, Zeus, listen now, I'm all sidetracked thinking about it. God damn, I didn't get off the Rojo show. This then turned into the frugal gourmet. But I'm back in the gym. I'm doing my exercises. I can feel the testosterone coursing through my veins. I'm eating my kale. You know, getting my protein. Got some chicken I need to bake. Thinking about going on this. uh, Well, I mean, it's not necessarily a diet, but I told my mom it was a diet. What was this text I sent my mom? Because I was telling my mom about the all the no white diet 
I call it the white hate diet because, you know, I'm militant. But the white hate diet is, um, let me see this text. This is how I talk to my mom. Because she's got, she's got like uh, heavy. Look at me being compassionate right there and saying heavy. Let's pause a second for the Rojo show's growth. I said heavy and I wanted to say fat. Her fat friend, but I said heavy. But I meant to say fat, but I said heavy. So, uh, so she was like, "What's the what's the white stuff that I told her friend to start hating?" Right? And I said, "You need to hate white sugars, white salt, white potatoes, white rice, white flour, the white devil and his white women, the White House." Uh, and so-called white knights sent to lie, mislead people of color in white America. Might have to put some claps in there. But yeah, so I'm gonna start doing that. You know what I'm saying? No sugar, which is hard for me. But I figure I can do like one cheat day a week, right? Maybe like that Sunday, that Sunday biscuit with some jam on it. Shit. Or a nice, you know, a nice, ooh, ooh, a nice oatmeal chocolate chip cookie from Pop Bellies. Ooh, you know, you know. But that's what I'm doing. Gotta get the body in shape, you know, turning 30 in December. It's on my mind. It's on my mind. It matters, you know. So I'm trying to get that that Will Smith and I robot body. Mm. Uh. That Brad Pitt and Troy body. <laughs> Drinking a whole bunch of water. <laughs> trying to get swole. So that's what I'm on. So if you see me out in public and I'm like, I got like, uh, like honey bun frosting around my mouth. I don't even eat frosted honey buns. I know my mom heard that and was like, oh my God. But you know, I do like birthday cake. So you could see me with like birthday cake around my mouth. Like buttercream, pause, pause, seeing anything around my mouth, pause. But yeah, and then I am, you know, I am known to eat a little Debbie, you know, a little Star Crunch action, you know, oatmeal cream pie. You know, I'm, I am at all times, I am an emotional week away from being a fat man, which is really sad. You know, anybody else eat emotionally, you know, they'd be like, man, that was some bullshit. I'm finna go get me a Cinnabon. <laughs> I can't believe these niggas did this shit, yo. Let's go to J&J's. <laughs> I had a bad day today, man. You know what to make it feel better? Three slices of pizza. Just wildin'. So that's why I gotta keep my shit tight. You know, gotta get back in there. That doesn't sound like a tight body though, does it? I don't know what it sounds like. Alright, so 
Derrick Rose breaks his face. That guy back in the gym. Derrick Rose and his homies all smashing the same chick. On the 98th floor of the Trump Towers. Are you fucking serious? Why? Why, 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 why? I really, I really hope that it was like three of his other homies that was like fucking with this bitch. And she just, she just decided to throw his name into it. I really hope that's what's happening, but that's not what he said in the fucking deposition. So he might've been getting some mouth to God damn it. Dude. Why don't they, why don't, why don't they have me? Why can't I come in that bitch as like they Ray Donovan and just ask these questions? Why are y'all all fucking the same bitch? What type of dumbass shit are y'all up to? What are y'all up to? Which one of y'all like shit on your dick? And it's okay. Just admit it. And that's why we got to reimburse her for this sex toy. This sex toy shit really, it really intrigues me. Because I want to know how it was damaged. I want to read the insurance claim on the sex toy. What the fuck? New music I'm listening to. I am ashamed to admit how much I am feeling this new Mac Miller album. Is part of it because he's white? Yes. Yes. Just being honest. Is part of it because he's white? Yes. If you are a white rapper, for me, you have to be super good. Super good. And no, I don't know about this new white motherfucker that I seen with the guns and all that shit. I don't know who he is. I don't give. I haven't clicked on that video. I haven't heard that song. Don't want to. Not going to do it after I get out of this pod. After I get done recording this. Not going to do it tomorrow, probably. If he got shot, maybe I would look at it. Or maybe if he like killed himself. I would look at it, but just out of my own leisure, no. But this Mac Miller album has gotten my attention and I like it. Yes, I like Mac Miller's album, okay? But he tricked me into it, okay? He tricked me into it using clever little things like good beats, And some, you know, some pretty good rhymes. And he's got some features from some people I like. So he used these clever tactics to trick me into liking his music. So bravo to you, Mac Miller, for tricking the militant black man into liking your little tape. But I do. And I play it loudly. And I even know some of the songs. And I've been playing that one fucking song, Rush Hour, over and over and over again. Because the world don't give a fuck about my loneliness. So yes, if anybody sees Mac Miller, tell him your favorite podcaster's podcaster listens to his tape and likes it. And might even go back and listen to some old shit. What else do you listen to? I am listening to 
The New Disclosure album. New Disclosure album, it's good. It's good. Okay. And uh, let's just go. Okay. Mac Miller's album uh, is called Good Morning. So that shit was tight. Um, Disclosure's album is New Curacao. New Caracal. Caracal? I think that's the name of it. Um, It's good. Their last album was good. It's as good, I would say, as their last album, possibly, or if not very, if not very close. But it's nothing really like earth-shattering, groundbreaking. You know what I'm saying? It's just another good album. They can tour off of that shit. They can make a lot of money at the festivals. They'll get some radio play on some groovy shit. Um, the weekend is on there, so they got a song that they may be able to kind of sneak on the urban radio, but or you know V V one hundred three played a lot of their shit um, or a couple of their songs because they was you know in the groovy dance shit, which is a safe lane for them. But again, it's not like they got no rappers on here. It's not as ex- I don't want to say experimental, but it's not reaching for anything necessarily new. As I would say, Jamie XX's album is kind of doing, but I don't want to, you know, they don't compare themselves to him. He doesn't compare themselves to them, I don't think. So I, 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 that's just some shit I'm talking out of my ass. You know, I just listen to music for them to 30 years now, but whatever. So, uh, but I do like it, you know, definitely some shit you could bang out a spin class to or clean your whole house or like party and dance too like it's some they definitely they definitely give you some groovy shit with the with the vocals on top it's hot Sam Smith is on there smashing it like i said the song with the weekend is money um who else they got on there let me get the track list real quick cover is smoking you know uh, joint with Lord is hot. The one with Lion Babe is hot. Like most of this shit is hot. Most of the album is hot. Like I'm not saying I don't like it. All I'm saying is it's not like it's not like they took this huge jump in their like progression as a group. I don't think. I don't think. Maybe I need to re-listen to the first one and listen to this one. But from what I remember listening to the first one, like riding my bike. Uh, bumping it on Spotify, listening it, listening to it on the way to downtown on a bike on a fixed gear. It seems like the same stuff that I could do right now. I want to, I want to listen to this album and ride my bike. But that's what I wanted to do to, to the last album too. Does that make sense? What else you listening to, boy? I got some shit in there that I just haven't gotten. I got some stuff on my phone that I just haven't gotten around to listening to yet. Um, Big Boy and Fantagram have an album or have a project that they putting out called Big Grams. Um, the couple tracks I have listened to on it are awesome, fucking good, like heavy bass drum machine trappy type shit that Big Boy produces, and I forget what the guy, the other guy in Fantagram, the guy in Fantagram, because Fantagram is um. Fantagram is a girl and a guy. Um, yeah, it's a girl and a guy. 
And the guy's name is What the fuck Hold on I'm sorry I didn't mean to curse Fantagram Josh That's his name Josh Yeah so the the guy in Fantagram Josh Makes these like trappy beats um, And like some other Kind of electronic You know Indie type shit him and Big Boy get together, and then the girl got hooks and kind of plays piano and guitar. And um, the couple tracks I have, I did listen to, are hot, but I have nothing but awesome expectations for the rest of the album. Because this nigga Big Boy, despite like what you say about, regardless of how you feel about Outcast, or I mean, I, I mean, listen, fuck that. I know how you should feel about Outcast. If you don't, you should stop listening to this motherfucking podcast. Because over here, homie. Over here, around here, in this podcast, Outcast is the shit, all right? They're up there, all right? Top five, dead or alive. And that's groups, that's single acts, that's whatever you want to call it. Outcast is up there, top five, dead or alive. Okay? So, right. So, I'm saying, like, Nas, Jay-Z, this is me. Nas, Jay-Z, LL Cool J, Outcast Buster Rhymes How many people is that? Where's my pen? Left handed Top 5 So I said Nas Jay Z LL Cool J This is my list Fuckers So relax Outcast And then I said Buster Rhymes. Now see, now see, I said that and I already don't like it because I have rappers on here that I only like. Like there are rappers that have been rocking their whole career and then there are rappers on here that I really only like for a couple albums, but I really, 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 really like them for those couple albums. And I know a lot of niggas is going to smash me because I don't have, you know, Biggie on here and I don't have Tupac on here. Biggie and Tupac, honestly, I don't, I'm not going to say they were before my time. They weren't before my time. They were before my, what I would consider like my musical or rap genesis. When I really started giving giving a fuck about music, when I really started like looking and digging and like wanting music, they were not on the top of my list. But I do fucks with them niggas. But uh, Nas and Jay Z are definitely gonna be in my top five. Outcast is probably definitely gonna be in my top five. LL Cool J and Busta Rhymes, I know I might get a lot of flack for. Other people that could be up there are Eminem. Um, But then again, even Eminem, like really only those first three albums for me. And that's including Infinite. So I'm going Infinite, Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP. I'm not even going past none of that other stuff. I'm going right there. That's it. 
But that's the same thing for LL Cool J. I mean, LL Cool J, Mr. Smith was pivotal in my upbringing and my musical taste, my rap style, you know, being able to go hardcore and then being able to do the soft shit and then being able to be true to hip hop and still spitting like LL, that Mr. Smith album, that goat album, stop playing if you don't fuck with that goat album. Okay. The fatty girls joint. Listen, his verse on the Monstars song, okay, which a lot of niggas sleep on. I'm telling you, go listen to that Monstars song on the Space Jam soundtrack. LL Cool J kills that shit. And it's heat on there. It's heat on there. (laughs) That song is so fire. I'm going to listen to that song right after this. I'm not going to listen to that white boy with the guns, but I'm going to listen to the Monstars song. High, hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. If you hit him low, hit him low, hit him low. High, hit him high, hit him high, hit him high. If you hit him low, hit him low, hit him low. Insane like a runaway train. I'm in your brain like it's only three seconds to score to win the game. Came to bring the ultimate pain upon your brain. Unchained. You don't like it when I change. That nigga Method Man killed it too. Oh, that song was crazy. I feel like it was, I think it was Be Real. It was Be Real, Method Man, LL Cool J, um, Buster Rhymes closed it and killed it. Uh, Monstars theme song. Give me that shit. Coolio was a uh, Buster Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J. And Method Man and Be Real. Oh, I forgot Coolio was on it because this shit must not have been that good. But my G, listen, that song is fire. LL Cool J ripped that shit. And then Busta Rhymes, listen, Busta Rhymes, <coughs> Busta Rhymes' first four albums are all money. Busta Rhymes. Like, the Busta Rhymes discography is nothing to sneeze at at all. Albums. Okay. Okay. The Coming is money. When Disaster Strikes is money. Extinction level event is money. And mind you, this is 96, 97, 98. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the other albums. I'm trying to make sure I'm not looking at some some other weird shit. Extinction level event is money. It ain't safe no more. Okay, so from extinction level event... He took a time. He took some time off and came back with Genesis. Genesis, Genesis. But see, Genesis has "Break Your Neck" and shit on it, right? What's on Genesis? Anarchy. Anarchy came out in two thousand. That has so much heat on it. That's got Dilla joints on it. That's got fucking um. Ah, oh, it's got so much money on it. Okay, so Genesis is. Hits off Genesis. Uh, 
Pastor Cavassier, break your neck. Um, was that it? The Pastor, um, was that it really? My internet is running super slow right now. I don't understand it. Came out December 2nd, fourth quarter banger. You know, fourth quarter banger. Real quick. Oh my God. I can't do this right now. I guess that's all that was on that album. That's all I can think of right now. But I, So I guess Genesis is where he started to go like super pop. And then kind of started to lose me because it ain't safe no more. It, it's, it's really not a lot of bangers on there. Uh, make it clap. I know what you want. Is that baby? If you give it to me, I give it to you. I know what you want. Okay. That might be one of his biggest tracks. So I'll give him that. But okay. So that was hot. And then. I think that was it. Taste it. Is that touch it? No, that's that's something later. We're going to do it to you. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think it's just those. So I, I think Genesis is what... I mean, but he always had club bank. He always had club songs. He always had some hard shit. But... Genesis Genesis is definitely where he started to start he started to slow down. But he had he had a lot he had a long run. Like he's got a lot of albums. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got eight albums. Buster Rhymes definitely has at least two classic albums. You can't tell me Buster Rhymes doesn't have at least two classic albums. I don't want to hear it. Shut your mouth. I don't even want to hear it. You can't tell me Buster Rhymes doesn't have to have or doesn't have at least at least two classic albums. And you're going to have I don't you got I mean Extinction Level Event is crazy and probably when disaster strikes. Is it disaster strikes? Yeah, because Disaster Strikes is the one with Dangerous. And Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. And uh, would it be that? I think I think that would be it. Or ELE. ELE is probably ELE is probably classic. I don't know. Questions I gotta ask E after this. But Outcast is definitely in the, in the top. So, what was I talking about? Yeah, yeah. So, regardless of that, Big Boy has continuously put out uh, albums. Even while he hasn't been actively touring or actively making music with Outcast, Big Boy has kept it pumping. He's been on, uh, he's been at Coachella by himself. He's been at Lollapalooza, I think, by himself. He's been at all these big festivals by himself. Big Boy has been keeping it going and holding the fucking outcast ship down. And he's got lyrics. I really, there is going to be a shift in our culture where Big Boy is going to be seen as far superior to Andre 3000. I'm just putting that out there. There's going to be a point when that is discussed. 
And I, I advise you to bone up on your big boy lyrics now. Go back to ATLians. Go back to Southern Playalistic and see how this nigga was flipping it. On Southern Playalistic, his style and Andre's were very, very similar. They were very similar. They didn't really start to venture off and start, you know, I mean, on that on that on that album, there were certain songs where they sounded very similar and certain songs where you could definitely see the um, the differences in their styles. But the second album is when they really started to like branch out. And my man Andre was on that other level. Um, But highly underrated is Big Boy. Please watch that. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to checking out the rest of Big Grams. Um, Gary Clark Jr. put out an album. The story of Sonny Boy Slim. Gary Clark Jr. is a black guitar blues singer. And um, his shit is hot. His last album was fire. Tone put me on to that. Um, I'm excited to listen to this. Uh, he's got like some heavy blues songs and then he's got some songs that almost sound like like I don't want to say pop songs but they almost sound like radio jams but um very excited to listen to that just gotta get some time in the car I'm always like listening to podcasts or listening to you know old uh old uh podcasts basically is what I'll be listening to I listen to some music um obviously because I'm bumping at Mac Miller Bumping that Mac Miller. But I think that Big Grams is what I'm going to get into next. I also got uh, Harry Fraud just released a project called Adrift. Harry Fraud is a producer. He works with a lot of people. He works with Mac Miller. He works with Schoolboy Q. He works with um, the, La Musica de Harry Fraud. He works with Joey Badass. He works with Action Bronson. He works with a lot of people. So he just put out a tape with like goddamn 28 songs on it or some dumbass shit. So I'll probably listen to that while I'm like working out or maybe I'm supposed to head up to Wisconsin to fuck with Tony. So that would be something good to listen to on the way up there. But I don't do good listening to music on long trips. I tend to fall asleep to music. But conversation keeps me a little bit more engaged. So I don't know. I want to check that out. That's called a drift. <clears throat> um, white versus Latino baseball players. Apparently, it's been a lot of fights between the white players and the Latino players because the white players don't know how we do it, man. You know, like, for instance, like, I step up to the plate. I see the first ball, I swing, I miss. So I'm down one. I see the next ball, and it's, a, it's, it's the pitchers throw it outside, you know? So it's a, I, I won and one. So he throw another one, and I hit it out of the park, man. And I look, and I say, I look at the ball, and I say, you know, when I was born in the country that I was from, which is North America, I always, I, I never dreamed that I would, I would be happy, so happy in the United States by playing baseball. I knew I would be happy, but I didn't know that I would be happy playing baseball in the United States. So I look at the ball and I just look at, I, I just look at it for a second just to say, 
my thank you america for the 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 opportunity to play this game at such a high level and to to feed my family and take care of my family by doing something that i love and i just look at the ball for one second and the white players get so upset they get so upset when I look at the ball for one second. But the pitcher, he throw a ball and he strike me out. He could do pump his fist. He could do grab his nuts. He could do grab his huevos. And I go say nothing. This is a ridiculous impersonation and parody, but this in essence is the issue. Um, white people traditionally like baseball to be very dry and boring and emotionless quite like most things white uh most white food most white parties unless there's like a lot of like beer and drunken shit involved um lots of white music this is bland it lacks flavor and and originality and fun and that's how they like to um keep baseball that's how they have kept um golf in many aspects um golf is something that they can control a lot more because if you don't know golf is still mainly played on private courses uh, many of which still do not allow women to play um and most of which up until probably the last 20 or 30 years didn't let black people play so baseball is a um, is a predominantly dry and boring sport, and minorities who bring uh, joy and exuberance and flavor to everything they do, um, mind you, my, people of people of color make up forty one percent of the uh, Major League Baseball league. Um, while 29% of that 41% is Latino. 41 minus 29. I hate when I put myself in positions to do math on the show. But that would mean 12% that are not Latino out of the 41% that identify as quote unquote people of color. So um, Latinos coming from a, a wide range of different countries, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, uh, Mexico. Uh, that's not that's not Latin America, but um, Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, I don't know of any Honduranian players, but I'm sure it's some. Um, they come and they play the game with a little bit more flair and a little bit more flavor. They flip the bat when they uh, hit a home run. They. You know, they look at the ball a little bit with a little stare when they when they hit a, a home run when it matters. Uh, they trot the bases a little bit slower. They they point at certain shit or something. I don't know. I don't watch baseball because of its uh, reputation of being so boring. Games last three fucking hours and the highlights are catches and throws. There's no dunks. There's no behind the back pass. There's no no look pass. And I'm sure there's probably some white boy saying, oh, my God, this 
This nigger doesn't get the nuances of the game. This guy doesn't get how intense and how, you know, how much of a cerebral game it is. I get that there are nuances in the game, just like there's any nuances in the game. You're down 0-2 in the pitch, so you know what I'm saying? You're painting the outsides. I know what, come on, man, I'm not fucking stupid. I'm just saying the game kind of bores me and I don't watch it. I got into it too late. But this shit does pose some questions about white people and their shit and how they don't like the changes being made. I mean, basketball, I mean, number one, basketball for a long time had their own fucking league, the ABA. And that's where all the where all the fly shit was. The NBA, for all intents and purposes, was kind of whack. The ABA had the different color ball. They had the three point line. They was dunking on niggas. Dr. J was shaking and baking. And then they 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 realized that the ABA had the the cachet and the entertainment value, and they merged, and things have been black ever since. Baseball, not so much. I mean, baseball did it one at a time. They said, "We ain't taking all you niggas at once. Give us one. Give us one. Or we'll ease you in. We'll use you as you see fit." We'll see what happens. It's not like football. It's not like football where the physical dominance of all those years of eugenics and inbreeding and upbreeding to make us into the most phenomenal physical specimens you could. That's where all of that shows through. But in baseball, it's not as much. It's little stuff. That's how we got away. Them quick muscle fibers. Running and stealing them bases is how we ran and stole chickens to feed our families and eventually ran and stole away to the north. I just got pretty political right there. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I might try to watch a couple of baseball. Well, I mean, I watch a little bit now that it's almost the playoffs and that the Cubs are doing good. I'll do my little bandwagon thing. I'm not ashamed. I don't give a fuck. I'll tell them. I may be in Wrigley Field at a at a bar or something. Maybe I doubt it. Wrigley Wrigley Field is like the deep south to me. Wrigley Field is like Alabama. I I don't know. I'm gonna stay away. But yeah, it's crazy. I'll close with notes from last night. Start this off by saying shouts out to Party Girl Mom. Party girl mom. Me, Boogie, Bradley, party girl mom, went to the promontory last night to see the great Saul Williams. Okay. Who came on stage fantastically disheveled. Disappointingly with a book in his hand A book that wasn't uh, It was a book he was commissioned to do After he moved from the United States for some years And was coming back Not his best work I think he would even admit that He read some poems from there And then it got very free in the fucking room At this point My mother and my sister and I were halfway through our drinks and feeling them. 
and party girl mom started to resort back to her old ways. Bradley was slightly embarrassed because Bradley is Bradley is not a party pooper, but she is a like Bradley would volunteer to be the designated driver. Like the turn up is not critical to Bradley. Whereas to my mom and I inherited this trait of the turn up being critical at certain points. There are certain points where we have to do this right. We cannot go without a shot. I've been in this room too long without a drink with ice in it. Can I have some of that stuff over there? The turn up is critical. Bradley, the turn up is optional. What do I have to do tomorrow? What do I have to do later on tonight? Who's looking? What am I wearing? Do I have to drive? Will my breath stink afterwards? But for me, the turnip is critical. We're halfway through our drinks. Mom is getting loose. The opening act gave us, the opening act did this little, you know, spiel, which actually ended up biting him in the ass because it took too much time. He did this thing where he was, you know, trying to teach the white people how to, you know, respond to poetry, which it was kind of funny. It was also, it also could have been seen as a little insulting, like shut the fuck up. But anyway, um, you know, he, so he was telling, you know, he was saying, you know, if you hear something you like, you know, you could say, you know, go in poet or, you know, bars or he said some other shit. So, you know, as soon as my mom heard that, all she needs is an affirmation to make noise or to, like, interject and participate. So as soon as he said that, it was like, oh, shit. Every time he say something remotely deep, go ahead, poet. Go ahead, poet. Bars. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> and Bradley is trying to cover her head. And I'm just laughing out loud. Literally. So uh so she's getting mad at us because we not screaming. She talking about we dry and we boring because we not screaming this stuff that she's saying that we know he just said because he wanted people to talk so that they would be overly involved in his uh set to make it bigger than it is. Okay? Theatricality. Okay? Bane told us about that. Okay? I'm initiated. So anyway, finally Saul comes out. And I don't want to skip over Emerald Green. Shouts out to her. She had a nice set. This story ain't about you, though, boo. Saul comes out, like I said, fantastically disheveled with some book. He puts on some weird glasses, which is so Saul. And then, um, and, and let me put a little disclaimer. Saul Williams may be the only person that I like kind of am a, a, a stand for or a little fan about. He did sign my denim jacket shouts to, you know what I'm saying? Your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. But, um, so if you can see, or if you can hear the smile on my face while I'm telling this story, just, you know, relax. At any rate. So we sitting there, we getting loose. Mom is acting the fool. We all doing it. Party girl, mom style. Shouts out to the promontory for those high park mules. They put you on your age, boy. Um, so yeah. So uh Saul comes out. He says, Okay, once we put down the book, uh or I think I, I think at that point, 
my mom had said, I am that nigga, <laughs> which, which is a line. It is not the name of any poem Saul Williams has ever made, but it's a line from his poem, uh, Shaklat Clack, which is the poem that he performs at the end of the movie Slam. Okay. So I had that, uh, I had the MP3 of that poem. I was putting it on like every mixtape I made from like 2004 to 2007. I was just throwing it on people's shit. Just how take that as hot. So my mom yells out, shit, clack, clack. And he was like, oh, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And I was like, oh, shit. He just responded to my mom saying some shit I told her to say. <laughs> and Bradley the whole time was just turning around looking, just laughing like, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Uh, Bradley in the dark kind of looks like the treasure cat because her eyes are really big. And then she, like, smiles. And then, like, her face gets, like, big. This is just a note from last night. At any rate, so he finally puts the book down. He's talking to the crowd, talking about what he wants to do, right? And I'm just like, oh, shit. This nigga is really on some request stuff. And for two seconds, for two seconds, I thought about bringing my copy of She, which is one of Saul Williams' books, because Phil, Phil, if you're listening, has my copy of Said the Shotgun to the Head. This is the second time I could have got that book signed, brother. But anyway, so um, so he gets to like talking to the crowd about what he should do and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, because I know Saul's list, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, do Tower now. And then he was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, okay, I know that one. That's the one that goes children of the night. But that's all he did. So he backed off and then he did another poem, which goes into Tower of Now. So it's like, I still got the fucking joint that I wanted to hear. But that wasn't the best part. Hold on. There's more. So he does that joint. He does. He goes into town now. He steps off. He's like, yeah, that was cool. So then everybody in the crowd is just wilding like, yo, what else are we going to ask him to do? So somebody said Shakespeare. He's like, he don't really remember that. He said, uh, do something from she. He was like, he don't remember, really remember that, which is why I wish I had my book. So then I yell out, do 1987. He was like, oh, yeah. He, I was like, yes. He was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, oh, come on. He was like, yeah. And he sat there, he thought about it, he was like, all right. And this nigga just was like, he stepped back and like, he like delivered it. Like, it's not like he did it like it was on the album. Like he stepped back and he was like, you know, okay. That's like Ash and Wash jeans with the leather patches. Sporting the white Diodorus with the hoodie that mat. And then he went through the whole shit and like, like when I tell you he killed it and like delivered that shit, like, like, yo. That shit was hot. It was definitely like the highlight of my shit. And I was I was like sitting there like going in like saying lines with him and shit. This nigga killed it. This nigga killed it. And then he did uh he did fucking uh Grippo. He did of course he did Black Stacy. He did uh He did coded language, of course. He did a bunch of shit, man. He he did a bunch of shit. But that nigga did 1987, boy. I wish Bryant could have been there. Bryant is probably the only person, the other, the only other person that knows how how hard I go in with Saul Williams. 
And go seeing him last night makes me want to put like I'm about to go and put two of his albums back on my cell phone. Since I don't have an iPod right now. Fuck. Anyway. But yeah. That's all William show was the shit. That's my second time seeing him this year. Shouts out to Phil who hit me up for the show at Lincoln Hall. And then my mom bought these tickets and she would have bought the meet and greet tickets, but they sold out faster than she thought. But that's whatever. I was just happy to go and happy she let us, uh, she bought the ticket for us. So party girl mom, I love you. And Bradley, you were kind of fun too. And um, I guess I'm going to wrap this podcast up, y'all. Episode 22, Deuce Deuce. 22 twos, too much West Coast dick licking, and too many niggas on a mission, doing your best Jay-Z rendition. Too many punk motherfuckers that got my suspicion that you're just fishing to put a stalk, nigga. Listen. Um. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you're not passing it on, you're not doing your job, you're not a real fan. If you're not sharing, you're not a real fan. So put your friends on. Don't hide this light under a bushel, no. Let that light shine. This is the Rojo Show. Have a good weekend. Love y'all. And, and all that other good shit. One.